Hey guys, just a quick note before we begin that the show may contain spoilers and adult language, but that's just because we know how to have a good time. Stick around, you'll be glad you did. You are here for me to enlighten you. You ever act like this again, you're barred for life. It's just violent bass. It's kind of embarrassing. If you know you're lying, then you can forget them. Oh, I get it. It's very clever. <laughs> Hello, peoples, and welcome to Esoterica Cinema, the podcast where we typically take films from the cinematic multiverse and discuss the hell out of them, but not today, because today we are doing bonus episode number three. That's right. Hopefully you've been listening along to our new bonus episodes. I think we're calling them Viva Variety or Viva Esoterica, Variety Power Hour, some shit like that. I don't know. Either way, hopefully you're having a good time with these once a monthers. Um, yeah, we're going to go ahead and get into it. As always, we are here with my dear co-host and the man who was once elected mayor of Key West, Florida, Mr. Ryan Siebold. What's up, bro? Jason! <laughs> I was, uh, what's up myself? I was all confused. Too much time in Key West, dude. Yeah, Have no. you been down there? It's crazy. I, I have I have not, dude, and I need to hear a little bit more about this because I understand that uh it was uh it was it was a little bit controversial how you were elected. Perhaps you can tell us a little bit more about that story. Uh wet t-shirt contest. Um, you know, it just <laughs> Which only, and by the way, now that he said it, it's only controversial outside of Florida. Right. Okay. Because over there, it makes perfect sense. Well, that's how they ele- they, they do all their um, elections by wet t-shirt contest down there. Uh, <laughs> got really weird during the last presidential race. Uh, Joe Biden in a wet t-shirt did not sell well, but, um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I was going to say that with like the, with the male figures, is it, do they participate as well or they're just judges or? I was there uh, in full regalia. Uh, wet as fuck. Oh, okay. okay. And I won. I won, Jason. Um, I was going to say, because, yep. uh, yeah, I, I, you know, what, what exactly, like, what was the, you had to, did you go with a particular top? Like, do you just have some natural double Ds that I, you Jason, got since I I'm here seen to tell you last, you, like, uh, cinematic, <laughs> cinematic confession. Um, I've got the best nips in the biz, my friend. No one's, hey. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I got, <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm uh yeah uh, I got the best uh best nips in the podcast biz apparently and I got elected wow. mayor of Key West uh did a so pretty that's good how job the, so that's how Florida determined so you 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 guys all collectively however many million of you looked at Joe Biden's nips after which point you know soaked it in then turned to Donald <laughs> Trump's nips. <laughs> Soaked that in and then made a decision. We made a decision. That does not sound like the most pleasant way to choose a a leader. Better than dangling chads. <laughs> <laughs> also, a lot of people don't realize that it actually goes back to the uh, very first election, right? Back in, uh, you know, 19 Dickety 7 or whenever it was. That's and, the exact you know, year it was. Yeah, you're great at history, Jason. You're great at history. <laughs> yeah, we... Uh, I believe it was uh, Mrs. Hatfield and Mrs. McCoy, and uh, at the end of the day, they had to settle it by way of an old-fashioned wet t-shirt contest. That's how, And this yes. would go on to inform future elections. Right, right, yeah. We're, we're a, uh, a mostly peaceful state, even though we are kind of an open carry... Um, you know, defend yourself, carry your gun kind of place. 
Stand your ground. You know, uh, we also like to settle things peacefully with a good old-fashioned wet t-shirt contest. We do our elections <laughs> that way. We uh, really rely on just about everything. I mean, even when you're uh, in line to get an Xbox from Walmart on Black Friday, wet t-shirt contest. You know, we just double nice, it down. Dude. It's uh, pretty common. Here. <laughs> pretty common. Probably gives a whole new meaning to the term flash sale out there. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, it's all just... <laughs> Just show show us Ryan. Your... Ryan Ryan always gets fifty percent off. You know, <laughs> show us for the, the same reason he was elected mayor. Our whole state nips bro. shaped like a dong, Jason. I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> you are America's Wang. That's right. how we refer to you. Exactly. What else would you expect from such a <laughs> uh, such a place as this? Uh, <laughs> but I did exactly. a pretty good job uh, of running things down there, and I'm going to go ahead and take over and run things here for a minute because there's something I want to talk to you about, Jason. Okay, let's hear it, man. What you got? Well, you know, uh, you and I have been kind of going back and forth on a few episodes and a lot of discussion in private uh, on our dis- uh, on our phone calls and whatnot about the future of cinema. And, you mm-hmm. know, it's been a rough year with COVID and, and uh, you know, theaters opening and closing, movies being postponed and, uh, and shifted yeah. to streaming. And um, I yeah. kind of wanted to start a bit of a dialogue in a formal atmosphere as, such as this. Um, I mean, not quite as formal as the wet t-shirt contest, but, you know, as formal as you and I are going to get across the country from each other. I, I am wearing a tuxedo, listeners, so I am as formal as it gets <laughs> But right no now. pants. Um, just the bow tie. <laughs> well, no, I just the needed the Zoom call, you know? I never need pants for a Zoom call. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you could always go be, work for CNN. Um, so, yeah, you know, there's a lot of moving parts that are going on right now, and uh, I, it just got me wondering, like, you know, you go down the list, and... The consumer shift to streaming services, even just in the last uh, year, Um, you know, obviously COVID has had an impact on that. But Disney Plus uh, ended 2020 with 90 million subscribers. They're up 30 million this year so far. Um, And they picked up 12.4 million of those in the second quarter uh, with shows like Loki and uh, uh, Luca, the uh, Pixar film that they're releasing there. Um, You know, Black Widow. Uh, did well, they had some huge also hits with like Mortal Kombat as well. I think Mortal Kombat was like the biggest one that they had, and Godzilla yeah, yeah, did great and all that. Right, right. And we're you know, uh, truth be told, um, we've uh, I think come clean with the listeners. Truth be told, we do record these episodes a little bit in advance, and so uh, as we're recording this, we are at the doorstep of some big releases. Shang Chi has already come out, uh, but Dune is right on the horizon. Um, we've yeah. also got. Um, uh, was it No Time to Die, the new James Bond film? Uh, yep. But then you still got studios pushing films like uh, Top Gun Maverick and the new Mission Impossible and so forth. So just a lot of confusion right now. Now, I know uh, Warner Brothers, uh, their deal to release films on HBO Max simultaneously ends in 2021 at the end of the year here. Uh, as yeah, this Which also lost them Chris Nolan, by the way, if, if anybody out. listening hasn't heard that yet. But... Yeah, he's uh, he's. I think he's done every single one of his films with Warner Brothers, Chris Nolan, and he's ditched it for Universal. For Universal, and, right? I believe it's an yeah, Oppenheimer and he, film. He's doing, and he had like, and he had like a serious like ask list in terms of his demands. Like it was nuts, dude. Like hundred mil on marketing at least. No other releases three weeks before or after. Like it was crazy. So right. Um. Yeah. I mean, definitely the whole you know HBO Max day one release. It, it had an impact to be certain yeah yeah i mean netflix is coming to uh 209 million subscribers worldwide uh their stocks have gone up 24 percent over the past year 
So it's just the movie industry lost a a reported five billion dollars in 2020. Um, Wow. So all this said, you know, you throw all this out there and it's like, what does that mean both for the future of movie theaters as a whole and where we're at with that, uh, where we think we're going, but also the movies that you and I watch for this podcast, like, you know, your A24 releases and uh, focus films and things like that, like the smaller pictures. Yeah. You know, are uh, so, you know, kind of my takeaway of like how to look at this is how much longer are studios going to make the big gamble on the blockbuster? Because it's obviously bigger reward. Sure. But they're also taking a huge risk. So when you have movies like Shang-Chi celebrated for, you know, bringing in 250 million worldwide or, or, you know, just shy of 300 by the time it's, you know, made its run, um, you know, just a, a, a couple of years ago, a movie like that, like, you know, cut to Black Panther, that was, you know, up around or over a billion dollars worldwide. That Correct. is a big yeah. swing. And so are, yeah. it, how much longer is Disney going to see a future in funding films like that? Does that make sense? Like, Ooh, where does... And, yeah, and so, so... But then on the flip think, side of that, and then I'll toss to you, you know, do you see there to be a benefit in the smaller pictures that might cost 40 million or 20 million with that are yeah. lower risk? And granted, you're not going to get a higher reward, but you also can't fall on your ass as much either. And if a $20 million picture you know, makes $40 million and you've doubled your money. Is that better to investors? Um, you know, and then parlay or, or pair that with, you know, the subscription service model, you know, does everything just shift towards pleasing stockholders and then you've get and, and passive income. I mean, you take 200. 200- well, I mean, I hate to tell you that dude. Like, I think that, I think that, Filmmaking shifted to pleasing shareholders like ten years ago, dude. That's that's one of the reasons that that I'm that I'm so against like the whole like Marvel movement. It's not that again they're fine and and my feelings on those films are well documented at this point. And that's part of it too, though, because it's not even necessarily about the film. Look, this happens all the time, right? Like we get upset at a certain group because not necessarily something they did, but it's like their existence means that something has changed or I do have this thing that I didn't want or I don't have this thing that I did want. And that's where all of this stems from, right? So I think that the benefit that we've seen is that we do have now, you know, it's not unheard of to have a $250, $300 million movie. Dude, do you know that the, the, the Jungle Cruise movie with The Rock cost the same as fucking Titanic? Did you know that? Jesus, no, I didn't. Yeah, yeah, and and that's the Jungle Cruise, dude. Uh, mo, you know, I think Tenet was 200, 200 to two hundred, two hundred to two hundred and fifty. Uh, maybe one eighty five. Uh, Dune two twenty five to two hundred and fifty. So as the returns got larger, the budgets got larger. But again, if I'm doing one two hundred and fifty million dollar movie a year. First of all, you know, it kind of ties up my cash, right? First and foremost. So there's not a lot left for other projects unless you do get that giant return, right? But then here's the thing is once you make $500 million on a movie, what the hell do you care about making 10, 15, 20? And that's really what it does. It's that it continues to reset the bar. And so now, again, Disney is not going to finance a film if it makes two million or five million or ten million or twenty million. They're only interested in making hundreds of millions of dollars. And guess what? 
they found a formula where they can consistently do that. But right? that's my whole point, Jason, is that, that that bar is now reduced because, you know, a movie yeah. like Shang-Chi that would have made a billion dollars and been a safe bet, like, yeah, we'll dump 300 mil or 200 mil into that and make CGI dragons and all this nonsense. And then, you know, we'll do all the uh, uh, print and advertising for that, um, which, you know, easily adds you know, another 10, 15 percent uh, onto a budget on top of that, depending on the size of the film. Um, you know, how many uh, 250 million dollar returns are they going to get before they start pulling the plug on this shit and just going yeah. all and, and scaling back? And so I see, and I think that they will. Yeah, yeah. I see kind of a decline um, or a backing away of that, especially when you have their Disney Plus shows so highly regarded. Um, you know, we yeah. may see a total, you know, uh, Tide title change or, or, or tide shift, uh, you know, into more episodic television um, where, you know, they can just get the passive income, 10 bucks to 20 bucks a month um, times 209 million subscribers and growing. That's pretty bananas uh, yeah. versus yeah. throwing 200 million against the wall and hoping that it makes 300 million or 400 million or whatever. Uh, now, you know, if those profits come back and people, you know, go back into the theater and we continue to see an upward trend with films like Dune and No Time to Die. But I think we're on the hinge of like, really, it's this next year that's going to tell us where we end up in this industry. And this all seems really reminiscent to me about discussions that were flying around. I'm old enough and, and you're you are as well to remember the Napster movement and where that was going to leave the music industry. And how do we rebound from that? People aren't going to buy CDs. This is bonkers. Um, how are yeah. musicians going to keep their jets? You know, and that was the whole joke was like Metallica. and Britney well, Let's Spears hope were it's different, off. dude, because that ended up killing the music industry. I mean, once there was no more money to be made, all everyone was like, well, what the fuck do I'm doing here? Peace out, you know? You have a couple artists that are going to do their shit and they're going to self-publish it. But, you know, you're not going to you don't get mega tours anymore. You know, you don't get these giant corporate backings like, you know, I mean, talk about it all you want to the more money that there is. The only reason we have these arena tours with the Stones and, you know, uh, even like, you know, during the 90s or 2000s, with like a Whitney Houston or someone like that. Right. Like is because a bunch of people were making a money, a bunch of money off of her. And so they were willing to, you know, reinvest and trot them out there and have these giant stadium tours. And, you know, we can talk about the albums and the art and the entertainment all we want. But like all of this stuff very cynically comes back to the fact that like it made people a fuck ton of money. Right. Right. The, this, the studios didn't put up with uh, or the labels didn't put up with Led Zeppelin's shit because they liked them as guys. Right. Right. <laughs> So, you know, so yeah, so now, so if the money dries up, then a lot of these giant productions are going to dry up. Now, here's the cool thing that could potentially benefit from that is that maybe it does usher in the return of the mid-range film, right? Because Disney, again, is no longer interested in making $5 million, so they're going to go get involved in something else. You know, some tech, more theme parks. A technology that hasn't even been invented yet that they have working on in R and D, right? That we don't even know about. Um, that's you know they're gonna they're gonna find that because those are the returns that they need to make. To your point, for their company's bottom line and for their shareholders, they made a they made a decision that that's the type of company that they were going to be, and it's worked very well for them, and that's great. But you're gonna have other people that are gonna step in. That's how these things work, right? And you know they're gonna say like, look, I can't. I don't have $200 million to make a superhero movie, but I can get you 10, you know, and we can make a nice drama, 
or we can make right. a, a fun comedy, right? We can make, and then even um, even when you're talking about the returns, right? So yeah, a, a Dune level, you know, Marvel production, you know, two hundred to two hundred fifty million plus at least another hundred, but you know, almost twice that sometimes um, in marketing, right? There's the 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 subscription model does not allow for returns on that, and then you also get into very mess, messy situations where you're dealing with the type of actors that have huge back end points and investments and everything that goes along with that, right? To date, I don't have the exact numbers. HBO Max is I said this at the top of the feature. HBO Max's most successful movie in terms of streaming and numbers was Mortal Kombat, and that's absolutely the type of movie. That is perfect for HBO Max. So it's actually kind of cool that that movie did so well because that's that, you know, 40, 50 million dollar film that, yeah, we can we can do that. Like streaming can support a 20 to 50 million dollar production. I would argue that up to 50 million dollars uh, streaming can support that production. Um, so, yeah. So if we get more of those types of films, it, it would be amazing to get, you know, see a sort of renaissance of like auteurs, you know? I mean, you and I obviously on this show speak very fondly of the whole auteur movement from the 70s and, you know, the 90s where we grew up on. And uh, it would it would be so amazing to, to go back to a time like that. And maybe this allows for that. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, um, I would even take it one step further, you know, talking about following the money and, and profits and so forth. Uh, WandaVision for Disney Plus and Marvel... Uh, had an estimated budget of around $25 million per episode. So, you know, you look at that model of 20 to $30 million an episode uh, with all the visual effects design for shows like Mandalorian or Loki. Uh, you know, they typically have one of these shows kind of leading into the next, right? Um, so that you always are getting your fix. So weekly, meaning. So um, if you can make a show last 8 to 10 episodes, which is what these series are typically lasting, then you're keeping mm -hmm. your... 200 checks notes 210 million worldwide viewers around for two months off of a reported uh, 100 million dollar or two uh, you know a 200 million dollar budget so but then you times that by you know 10 20 bucks a month and then your stock shares and all of that so you know it just kind of comes out into the wash but um so i i think that maybe they're just trying to maybe reappropriate the same 200 million that they could put into a Black Panther, a Captain Marvel, a Shang-Chi, they could put into a Loki or a WandaVision and get two months use out of it um, with passive income and slingshot right to the next show, to the next show, to the next show. And compensate that with a lot of shows that don't cost that much money, not even close. And so the whole model of, you know, the indie films, smaller films, mid-level films, and blockbuster films are now kind of shifting to blockbuster series, smaller series, indie series, and so forth for these streaming services. And we're just changing how we're getting our entertainment. Now, do I think that theaters will go away entirely? I don't think so. Not anytime soon. I think we all enjoy that. But I do think that a lot of them will close. I think that we're going to uh, see a... Uh, again, a kind of a title change uh, a little bit in how this all gets presented here. Uh, and the next year will kind of govern how that how quickly that's going to go. Um, yeah, I do think that we will see an uptick uh, depending on how, again, how COVID goes, new variants. I mean, health is a big issue because so much of the box office is governed by global box office now and other countries. Yeah. Um, uh, in many cases are struggling with this harder or dealing with it stricter. And in either 
side of that spectrum will impact box office. If it's stricter, then it's closed down. If it's, you know, uh, if they're dealing with it harsh, more harshly in the sense of, you know, getting these waves thrown at them, like in countries like China or India, um, you know, that's going to impact how many people can go to the theater. So, sure. I mean, even Taco Bell is uh, currently testing a subscription service in Arizona uh, for monthly uh, <laughs> for, you know, I think it's uh, t- 10 bucks a month and you get a taco a day. Uh, for the month. So uh, we'll see how fast food subscription services come to our door soon. So everything. Also, that's not how you can, that's not how you consume Taco Bell. You don't get one taco uh, every that day. That was you my get point. seven tacos once a day. Right. Or one day a week. That's my point. <laughs> Charge me more and let me be a glutton. <laughs> Give me a monthly taco allowance and just deduct it from each trip, you know? 30 bucks a month and I can uh, have up to four double stacks or, or, uh, uh, chicken sandwiches from Wendy's uh, at a go, at a go, and uh, you know what are they? Uh, you know a buck, buck fifty a piece. Now I got to go back four times, and you know I'm going to order a fries and a drink every time I go, and those are extra. So, and then I'm probably going to bring a friend. And if I don't go four times in a month, then you got me on that one. <laughs> I'm currently a member of um, Taking Things Back to Films uh, AMC A List. Um, and ah. that's 20 bucks a month and you can go see as many movies, however you want. IMAX, 3d Dolby, uh, digital, whatever you want. And, um, you know, if you go see two movies a month, you get your money back, but if you don't go see any, Definitely. uh, but here's the, here's the grift is that if you don't, if you cancel, you can't re-sign up for six months. So if you miss a month or what have you, so COVID, you know, put a real kink in the system. So, you know, you end up having people like I'm currently paying for it. Cause I don't want to cancel it. Cause I don't want to lose it for six months in case the cinemas yeah. come back and all that. I got vaccinated did everything I was supposed to do. Movies are supposed to be back. And I've gone to see a couple safely, but currently they're getting me on that because I'm not going to see my two movies a month. It's really a shame, but uh, yeah, man, just kind of curious how this affects, uh, you know, smaller films versus big films. And if big films end up encroaching on the small films market or, uh, how this all plays out. Yeah, it'll definitely be interesting to see. And, you know, furthermore, we also want to see what the listeners have to say about this. So, listeners, we would love to hear your thoughts about what you think about the future of cinema and where that's headed. As always, you can hit us up, esotericacinema at gmail.com or at the old Twitters or Instagram, esotericacinema. So, anyways, Ryan, uh, I have a little bit of good news here for us. Uh, you know, listeners, as you know, we're always encouraging you guys to, to call in and you know, or to email us, whatever, just reach out to us. We want to get to interface with you, get a little bit of feedback. Uh, we actually have Ryan on, on, on standby, our very first caller. Oh shit. That's awesome. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Finally, we actually, somebody called in and they're going to talk to us. So, um, uh, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and let you handle this one, buddy. So, uh, here we go. Uh, Take it away. All right. (laughs) Let's Okay. Uh, I have no idea who this is. Let's check in on, uh, this is exciting though. This is good stuff. Okay. We got our first caller. <sighs> okay. Uh, let's check in. Uh, okay. Um, hi, how are you? Welcome to Esoterica Cinema. I- I'm, I'm sorry. Who is this? This is, uh, Ryan Siebold from Esoterica Cinema. Uh, how are you doing today? Listen, Ryan Siebold, I don't know what Esoterica Cinema is, but I'm trying to call the Key West Theater. Do I have the right number? Is this Key West? Can I speak to the manager? Uh, I was once the mayor of Key West, uh, but I'm currently hosting a podcast. I'm sorry. I can't really, uh, what, what Listen, can I help I, you I, with? I'm, I'm, 
I'm very sorry that you used to be a mayor and now you're just the manager of a little theater, but I got a bone to pick with you, okay? Not because the other day, the other day I was there and I went to see the movie, the monster movie, with the guy who turns into the ant. You remember that one? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yes, I do, on mat yeah, matinee, yes. Yeah, so on top of everything, uh, first of all, it was a madhouse, it was ridiculous, it was it was the least behaved audience I've seen in any movie, okay? You got kids jumping up over the, the chairs, and popcorn's flying everywhere, then all of a sudden some guy shows up in an ant costume, I don't know what I'm thinking, either way, we... I need, I need, a, I need a refund, okay? I'm calling you because I want a refund because let me tell you something. I did not get to finish the movie. I sat there and the whole building falled apart and the whole bomb went off and the screen exploded and we all ran outside and so I want my $7 back. Uh, as previously stated, ma'am, sir, them... I am a host of a pot. We're running a show here. I'm, I'm really sorry. You kind of caught me in the middle of it. Jason, this is not a caller. I don't know. Um, okay. Uh, I mean, in all fairness, I don't know. Go and listen to our episode. If you, uh, back, uh, you'll find out very quickly that, uh, I actually was impacted by that show too. Um, I ended yes, up. I know my all of us in the audience were impacted and we, and we just ran outside and then all of a sudden everyone just started going home. And I was like, but the movie's not even finished. Where we, where do we get to go back in and go finish the movie? I paid my $7 for the ticket and I just want to see the whole movie. $7. That's pretty cheap actually. Um, yeah, yeah I know it was a good deal, but it's a matinee there, son. You get a deal when you go to the matinee. I mean, hence the name of the film, I guess. Yeah, I uh, I mean, I, I, best I could do for you, I have some contacts in Key West. I'll see if I can make a few phone calls. And uh, yeah, I mean. I'm well, a, please yeah. do, okay? Because there's a, there's a movie coming out that me and my husband want to see. And I would really love it if you could get us free tickets. It's the it's the one where the Ryan kid from the uh, from the the podcast show turns into a walrus. Hey, have that's you seen me. that one? That's me. I'm Ryan from the podcast. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I love I love Ryan. Isn't he great? Don't you love how great he is? He's the he's the best. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I love him too. I love him too. I loved when he turned into an ant, and I can't wait to see him turn into a walrus. Yeah, I. You just don't know what I'll be next, huh? Yeah. Um. No, we'll get you those no, refunds. No, not you, Ryan. The kid from the podcast. Yeah, that's me. I'm Ryan from the podcast. I'm Jenny from the block. Okay. With a good sure. hair. Sure. Okay. And I'm Bridget Bardot. <laughs> okay. Sure. Yeah. Listen. Uh, what is today? Today is uh, Wednesday. Listen. Today I know is my is, today is my husband's birthday. Actually. Happy birthday! Oh, are you guys gonna Thank have you. a uh, celebratory wet T-shirt contest as per Key West customs? No, 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 no. I Not for some years, young man. You wouldn't want to see that. Oh, Please. you can't celebrate a birthday without a customary wet t-shirt contest. I'm not running for office, so you don't have to see it. <laughs> well, I'm going to run from this sketch and, uh, and uh, toss over to... Listen, thank you for being our uh, first caller, question mark? Who knows what this was? Okay, um, so I'm just, I'll call you later about the free tickets then, yes, okay? Yes, yes. No, listen, I was once the mayor of Key West. I'm going to make a few phone calls to the matinee. We're going to get you refunded. I'm going to pull some strings. And uh, yeah, enjoy the birthday. Okay, excellent. You can just contact me on my page. I'll call you right back. Goodbye, Sonny. Thank you. Appreciate your phone call. And uh, here's to hoping we actually have a real caller next time. Um, thanks, Jason, for once again throwing me under the bus. 
but now we're going to cut over to Eric and Javon's pros and cons for another monthly segment. Take it away, Javon. You've seen aliens attack the Capitol. You've seen aliens attack Will Smith at the Capitol. You've seen aliens attack Will Smith when he was with Tommy Lee Jones. Let's see what happens when they land in the wrong part of the world in the wrong part of town with the wrong guy from Shaun of the Dead. We'll take it to the Southside London Projects where we join Moses, who most people know as Finn, as we get all tooled up, blood, to go fight some aliens. These aliens are blacker than the Ace of Spades and more militant than most crews. Let's find out what happens when they come across the Southside London Street Kids with very little to no adult supervision. I mean, like, really, where are these kids' parents? I don't think there's a social services in London. Welcome to Eric and Javon's Pros and Cons. I'm Javon with my co-host. I'm Eric. And we're breaking down movies in the Esoterica Movie Cineverse so you don't have to. We're here to save you some time, ladies and gentlemen. Today, we're starting with Attack of the Block with my man, John Boyega, better known as Finn. Yeah, I don't know him as John Boyega. He is Finn to me. I apologize. I must have seen that movie in first, and it's been ruined for me. So he will always be Finn. Well, ever since you called Tom Hanks Forrest at that one restaurant, I would have thought that you had learned from your mistake. Never again. So we're going to uh, give our best pros and cons uh, to a 2011 movie called Attack the Block with John Boyega and uh, Nick Frost from Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, I'm not really sure how this movie got by me other than maybe I just don't pay attention to uh, horrible British comedies. But uh, it ended up being uh, rather surprising. I was a little shocked at the, the, the plot line, to be perfectly honest. But it kind of worked for me. So I would say pro, uh, the city, that they kind of the background that they shot it in, it definitely made me feel like they were the inventors of white trash or the ghettos. Uh, so I felt a little bit better. Maybe they didn't just bring uh, pilgrims, but they also brought, you know, ghetto practices. Pro, British people are just a little bit cooler with their hood. They, uh, their slang is just a little bit better than ours. Their accents, they're drifting, they're muggers, you know? It all seems a little classier when you do it with a British accent. Absolutely, absolutely. Con, every time my co-host hears British accents, he feels impeded to uh, mimic them, and it never works for me. If we're drinking with a British person 30 minutes in, I'm going to mix in a Cheerio. It's really not my fault. Midway through this movie, I was talking with a Cockney Hood accent, and uh, I, I loved it. Uh, pro for me is their soundtrack. Uh, they have KRS-One. Anytime you can throw the sound of the police into a movie, I'm down with it. Okay. Uh, the soundtrack, I hadn't even really thought about that. Con, uh, the kids seemed to be a little bit young to be getting involved in what they were getting involved in. I'm not sure that uh, at that age I would have been reacting the same way. Thoughts? I would say that when you come up in uh, that part of uh, South Side of England, I think being black in England kind of prepares you uh, to not think twice when aliens start falling from the sky and attack you. In fact, pro for me was how rowdy these kids were. As soon as the aliens dropped down, Finn, I'm sorry, John Boyega, Finn. I'm sorry, Moses, Finn, Moses in the movie, Moses, quickly kills one of the aliens, which starts off this whole thing. And then as soon as the alien invasion starts, they all have a great montage of them going home and grabbing their weapons, katanas off the wall. Oh, yeah, they seem ballsy as hell. These, these kids got real brave real quick. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, they're out to battle interstellar aliens. Somebody's going to get hurt. This movie's going to take a wicked turn. But I also felt that the uh, main characters wouldn't get off. 
Boy, was I surprised. Boy, were we surprised. And I, I got to tell you, for me, Khan uh, was one of the nemesis. It was a guy uh, named uh, Hi-Hats, which was a drug dealer that wanted uh, Moses to sell cocaine uh, for him. I think we're jumping to conclusions. I don't know if it was cocaine or not. It was. I read the, I read the synopsis. It was definitely cocaine. Okay. I, I smelled it. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so Hi-Hats said, sure, you can store this alien here, but I'm going to need you to move some of this white for me. Oh, it happened again. So, Khan, uh, everybody seems very, uh, very cavalier about there being an alien just hanging around. They're carrying this dead body throughout the town, and it's not as shocking as you would think it would be to most people. Again, being poor in England, you probably see a whole lot of stuff. They didn't seem to be... <laughs> That was, and that was my thing with Hi-Hats. He still maintained his beef with these other characters in the middle of an alien invasion. Uh, people are covered in blood. We're seeing these uh, darkness monsters with tooth whitening strips uh, for faces, and they're devouring people. And he's like, I still got to go get Moses. And it's like everybody in his... Uh, you, see, you see what I mean, ladies and gentlemen? That's how we sounded. That's how we sounded. <laughs> anyway, we still he still stayed on path. So I didn't like the fact that he didn't seem to know what he was doing. He lost half of his crew. Uh, and he was still trying to go eat Moses. Gotcha. Yeah, you know what? The second that the aliens land, uh, I squash all beef with humans, and we uh, unite on a front and kill said alien. As written in the Geneva Convention, of course. Right, 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 yeah. That's you stop all 14. beefs, and then you get back to it after you beat the darkness monsters. Right, right. After we beat the darkness monsters, then I get back to beating your ass. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, that's how I, I agree, yeah. agree. Unite agree. front. Yeah, I got it. Con for me, was the advertising for this movie. I feel like if more people would have saw this movie... Uh, they would have liked it a lot better. For me, also, I just feel like it should have had more from Nick Frost as well. We got no character from him. Yeah, he played a pretty minimal role. Uh, what I will say, I, the movie uh, was right on time as far as being just long enough, not too long to where I really lost interest. Uh, I thought the movie was actually pretty good if you have an hour and a half to absolutely murder. This is you know, probably not a bad way to do it. You could, uh, although I will say, Use the subtitles, because honestly, I missed three quarters of the dialogue of this movie. No shit. Pro for me, Hulu subtitles. You will not know what is going on unless you grew up with Jamaican Nanny or something like that, because half of it is Jamaican, uh, pikey, English, and... It's like Cockney Black Dynamite. It's, it's what the, the character Moses ends up playing, but you don't understand a goddamn thing that's going on the entire time. I mean, if I didn't know how to read body language, you could kind of push it together. I had to really pay attention, though. I got to tell you, they were out of credits for their prepaid cellulose. And I didn't realize what the problem was till halfway in the movie that they didn't have enough credits. He's like, you're the only one with any credits. And I was like, what is going on? So, yeah, T-Mobile Boost, reach out to those guys out in England because apparently... Throw uh, back to 2011. Uh, yeah, that should don't A lot of prepaid. Yeah, 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 that's true. That's, that's true. true. Yeah, that's when they had pagers and stuff. I will say, though, wrapping up, uh, that if, if you do uh, like a movie that's slightly better than USA Up All Night and a little bit under HBO Now, I, I think you'll enjoy seeing John Boyega in a movie that they didn't Who? ruin by him. Finn? Finn. This is like his pre-training for Star Wars. I feel like his experience with the aliens here led him to get a bigger role at a later Well, time. he did use the katana blade in that, uh, which is always nice, and that got ah, him ready throwback. for Yeah, there was the Easter egg. That got him ready to fight. Uh, gotcha. Melee right. weapons and whatnot. Absolutely, absolutely. Right. I'm with it. 
I will say that I recommend uh, Attack the Block if you're looking for something to do with your afternoon. It's super fun. Uh, but wrapping up here, uh, this is Eric and Javon's pros and cons. I think we're both kind of endorsing uh, Attack the Block. What do you think, Eric? I give it two thumbs up, buddy. Two thumbs up for me as well. Uh, I wish that it would have made money worldwide, but uh, we're just still time if you guys go watch it. So support it. It's streaming on Hulu right now. Uh, you can see one movie that they didn't mess up John Boyega's character forever. Finn. John Boyega. We'll get to this later. John, yeah, Boyega. I don't, no, I don't like that at all. Now you're, now you're I, I, I'm workshopping it. Okay, we'll, we'll get back to it. All right. Round table. All right, Javon, Eric, thanks so much. Really appreciate that breakdown of Attack the Block. Yeah, I've caught that one as well, and uh, it's a good one. I have it on uh, Blu-ray. It's one of those ones that you can find for like five or six bucks uh, if it ever goes off the Hulu there. So, uh, yeah, definitely check it out. Get John Boyega's original uh, English accent there. It's a lot of fun. All right, the time has come to go ahead and announce the winner of our big raffle. That's right. If you recall, we were having a one-month promotion where if you sent in a copy of the review that you left us on Apple Podchaser or wherever you left reviews, you would go into a drawing for $50 cash. And without further ado, we're going to go ahead and select from our big pool of applicants here and drum roll, please. Oh, look, no one, nobody won, because nobody left a review. Not only did you not leave a review, but you certainly didn't send it to us, but we know that we did not get any reviews in the last month anyway, so the big winner is nobody. Now, guys, I do have to say, I feel like you missed a huge opportunity here, okay, because you literally could have left something that said, show good, five stars, and you'd have $50 cash right now. On the other side, you could also say, show shit, one star, that would have also been worth $50 to you. But no, that was apparently asking too much, and so as such, nobody gets any money. By the way, for anybody listening, uh, what my, I have a good friend Ashton who does the Cryptids Decrypted podcast, and uh, his all-time favorite review is a one-star review, I Rather Eat Poop, one star. And the guy, it's a great show. It's got like, you know, 20, 30 something five star reviews and shit. It's just like, that's like the one one star review. Not even I'd rather eat poop. I rather eat poop. One star. Funny thing, that guy could have left the same review for Esoterica Cinema in the last month. Would have been worth 50 bucks, but he didn't. Neither did you. So we'll go ahead and spend that money on strippers and blow like we do. Thank you very much, guys. <laughs> So yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll try to find a different something for you guys to do that's a little more up your alley. If you have something in mind that you'd like to see us do, go ahead and hit us up. So just to remind you, we are available on the old Twitter and Instagram at Esoterica Cinema. We are also on email, esotericacinema at gmail.com. You can hit up myself, Jason Aberrant. A-B-E-R-R-A-N-T on the Twitter or Instagram. You can also hit up at the Ryan Seabold or Ryan underscore Seabold for Twitter and Instagram for Ryan. So, yeah. And then also, don't forget, EsotericaCinema.com. A lot of fun stuff on there. A lot of content. You can listen to the episodes right there on the webpage. You can download our master list that we choose each of the films from. That's a lot of fun to follow along with. And uh, you can also drop us a message there. So... With all of that said, we do hope that you enjoyed us on this bonus episode, and we will see you next week on Esoterica Cinema.